When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So, you know, look at the title of this video. Talking about silver moving above $20 an ounce and staying there. I know inevitably that I, especially based on the on the, some of the recent price action in the silver and gold markets, I'm going to have people commenting they're a failed investment, right? They can barely stay above $16 right now. They're not above $16 at the time of this recording. Um, talking about how silver has been in a rut since it, it bottomed out at the end of 2015, uh, beginning of 2016, how you know, the, the, the spike in 20, uh, 2011 was just a fluke and on and on. I know I'm going to get those comments eventually. I, fair, they are fair, I guess, criticisms. But my belief is 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 not swayed by those comments by any means. Um, because I just see so, and this belief I don't think is based on in, in fantasy or anything. I see so many different concrete reasons to believe that silver and gold are gonna play out to be a very good investment. And a great way to preserve your wealth. If nothing else, a great way to preserve your wealth. Great way to hold on to to real wealth in in a world of of failing. Uh, ultimately, in the end, I believe failing paper assets, including fiat currencies. Now, again, getting back to the price where it is right now and how it's been performing lately. You know, this video. I'm not saying that silver is going to be moving out of this range or topping twenty dollars a week from now, a month from now, even longer. Um, no, that's 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 chart. This is that's technicals, right? That's charts over the short term. How many of you bought silver now or, or a year ago or five years ago or whatever because you saw a chart and you said, wow, that looks bullish because of this and this pattern or something like that? I'm guessing not very many of you. You know, that's that's for paper traders, right? That's for people trading short term, trading SLV or, or options or something like that. And if you're into that, so be it. We're talking about the physical. Did you buy silver because you saw a chart and, and you thought, wow, this asset has a chance to go up 5% in the next month? No. You bought it because you know it's a great hedge and potentially a great investment. And I believe that the long-term fundamentals, not the charts, not the technicals, the long-term fundamentals are solid, and that's what I want to go over in this video today. Four overarching reasons, four overarching fundamentals for why I think silver is undervalued today because people are just not accounting for these things. And for why I believe that this whole idea of sub $20 silver is soon going to be a thing of the past. Never mind the short term. Never mind if silver drops below 15, 14, 10, whatever, um, under $20, that's going to be a thing of the past, I believe, in the future. So let me know at the end of this video or now, whatever, what you think of this opinion. But these four overarching reasons, honestly, really get back to, to some of the main reasons why a lot of us invested in silver in the first place. The first one I want to talk about is obvious currency destruction. Inflation. This one is is probably universal among among many of you guys. I you guys got into silver because you know that the long term prospects for the dollar, the pound, the euro, fiat currencies, paper assets like bonds, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, 
are not very solid. They are not looking all that great, and they haven't for a long term for a long time. I mean, this this whole idea of the dollar collapse. People are talking about well, the dollar's not going to collapse. People have been calling that for uh, saying that's going to happen for for decades. Um, the dollar's lost ninety seven plus percent of its value since the Fed was instituted in uh, you know created in in nineteen thirteen. I mean, the dollar collapse is a very real thing. I just think that it's going to accelerate. And the two big, there's a variety of reasons for that, but the two big reasons are the, it's the two-headed monster that I always talk about on this channel. The two-headed monster of currency destruction, monetary policy, i.e. central banks, and fiscal policy, i.e. out of control government spending and debt. So first of all, monetary policy. This is a big one that I talk about all the time. What I'm talking about when I say monetary policy, what are the central banks doing? What is the Federal Reserve doing? And since we're talking about silver and gold in in dollar terms, let's talk about the Fed, right? The the, more or less the creator of of the present day dollar. Uh, I've said for quite some time now that the next big catalyst for silver and gold, I believe, um, you know, barring uh, some sort of a, a global war, a physical shortage of the metal, uh, a trade war, a recession, something like that, the next big catalyst for I think silver and gold is gonna be a change in monetary policy from the Fed, specifically weakening of their monetary policy, cutting interest rates, printing money through QE, etc., um, etc. Cetera, et cetera. That's gonna be the next step on on their current path. I mean, this is what they've done in the past. They've tightened monetary policy. They decided they cut it, they tighten it too much, and then ultimately have to loosen it, right? They have to weaken it. And that weakens the dollar. That weakens a currency that is, you know, being created or, or governed by a, a central bank. It just like the dollar was weakened by QE, by by zero percent interest rate policy. That's the next big thing. And and you know I've said for a while now, by the end of this year, I won't be surprised if we start seeing some changes, not not a full blown, um, all hands on deck type situation where we they need to cut interest rates immediately to zero percent or negative one or whatever, or or print a couple trillion. I'm just talking about them slowing down their current quantitative tightening. I mean, I mean, Fed policy at times in times of crisis can happen very fast because you know they already have these plans in place for for what they're going to do in the next crisis. Other times it's like. It's like moving a turning a, a, a you know an ocean liner, a, a giant ship. It takes time, but it's coming. I think by the end of this year, and and you know some of Trump's recent comments kind of uh, solidify my my thoughts on that. Talks about how how the Fed is um, tightening their money into policy too quickly, and they're leading too too strong of a dollar, which is not helping his whole uh, um, plan with uh, well the the trade war and whatnot. So that's the first part. Fiscal policy is the other one. Right when I talk about silver and gold over over a longer time span, not not to 2019, 2020, but let's say 2025, 2030, uh, a little bit further out, a decade out, whatever. Um, fiscal policy is, I think, extremely bullish for precious metals because it's so bearish for an economy, so bearish for a currency. Debt in the United States is out of control. Fiscal year 2019 for the U.S. We're on pace for a trillion dollar deficit. It could be potentially higher. And that's in a non-recessionary period. This is a, a period in which, you know, we're, we're going to get GDP later this week. And, and from what it looks like right now, it could be upwards of 5%. And now, how real is that data? That's certainly up for debate. 
and I have my doubts on, on that topic, but we're supposedly in a strong period of economic growth, at least for the time being. And yet, I'll get into those GDP numbers. It's 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 a fluke, I believe, if it does print higher. It probably will. Uh, but debt should not be this high, over a trillion dollars. The last time we had a trillion dollar deficit was, uh, you know, during and, and post uh, Great Recession uh, in that short couple of year period there. It should not be that high right now. And yet we're, we have such out of control spending. We're just, you know, it's not taking in enough money, which I'm fine with, you know, tax cuts is fine. But of course, um, the, the problem with tax cuts and, and, and not a proportionate cut in spending, well, that leads to a higher deficit. In the end, the, the result of a higher deficit is going to be inflation, right? We can talk about how much we love the Trump tax cuts or, or whatever other set of tax cuts, but we have to remember that if deficits are rising with that, we're going to pay that tax in the end. It's just going to be in the form of inflation. And inflation, generally speaking, well, it affects the middle class, the working class, you know, everybody but the the upper crust, the 1% or whatever. Um, people don't understand that, right? I don't know if it's a political thing. I don't know if it's a whatever, but we're going to see it, right? Uh, $1 trillion deficit in, in a period of, of recession or a non-recession of economic growth, that's insane. It only makes me wonder what it's going to be like with the next recession. I'm talking, I've said for a while, another prediction I've made is by the end of um, what would be Trump's second term, I don't know if he's going to be in for a second term or not, but um, a doubling of the deficit over eight years, just like what we saw during the Obama period, $40 trillion in U.S. government debt. I think it's a possibility. I absolutely do. Um, of course, that's that's accounted for a recession, all the increased spending during that period of time. But 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 imagine what all this will do to the dollar, right? That mass amount of debt, so bearish for the dollar, especially if the Fed starts to monetize it. So this is honestly one of the big reasons for why you know I'm into precious metals because I know that the dollar long-term prospects not great, not so bright. Um, the next reason, so that's number one, the two-headed. Uh, monster of, of currency destruction. Um, number two on this list, other assets being overvalued. Again, uh, this is, I've talked about this, many other people have talked about this on the channel. Um, why would you buy into the stock market right now? So late into an economic period of economic expansion, a secular bull market in the stocks, even if they're kind of in a pseudo correction period or, or I should say prolonged correction or or sideways trading still I would still kind of consider it a, a, a part of of this big secular bull market why would you buy into it at this time or how about bonds incredibly overvalued here in the United States US treasury bonds and they're only yielding you know what, like 2 to 3% you know that that the 10 year bond is just shy of 3% right now and that that's barely above official inflation numbers as inflation has been rising. Um, and, and of course, you know, real inflation numbers are likely much, much higher. Why would you buy bonds at this time? I don't know. It just makes sense to me. I mean, make your own financial decisions, investment decisions, but, but me personally, I see them as overvalued and, and just not attractive, right? How about cash? Well, we already covered that currency destruction covered that. Um, you know, what other real estate, you know, maybe not in as big of a bubble in most markets as it was maybe back in 2006, 2007, um, certainly in places like Australia or, or choice Canadian markets or even some U.S. markets, Hong Kong, some Chinese markets, sure, London, New York City, whatever, those places are oftentimes going to be overvalued. But still, 
as a whole overvalued and, and you have to wonder you know what's going to happen to housing prices um as we you know if we slip into a recession and or or if interest rates continue to rise either of those things are going to be bearish for real estate and and well look at silver and gold i mean right now in this period of time talking about the price recent price action gold trading as low as i think it was like 1212 or something like that you know i'd have to check a chart um but you know under 1250 silver under 60 dollars an ounce right still struggling to lift off of of, of of some of these lows that they've been having um that's blood on the streets right that we, we all know the saying you know buy when 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 blood is on the streets buy when when so many people when when, when the sentiment over an investment is relatively negative that's the time to buy. I mean, that's how people get rich. Do, do, do you think that the Rothschilds or, or Warren Buffett or or whoever, uh, whatever notable investor you want to talk about, do you think they got rich by buying a stock market, um, you know, eight years into an expansion or into a bull market, right? Do, do you think that Warren Buffett got rich buying houses in an overvalued real estate market in 2006, and holding them long term, probably not. That's not how people make money off their investment or or preserve their wealth or whatever your goal is. No, um, and so why wouldn't you buy silver and gold when when we know that long term they're they're here to stay. Short term, they're not doing so hot, right? That's when you buy, right? Um, now, I mean, sure, we can have a conversation of are they going to go lower? Do you want to make sure you're buying at the bottom? But but as a whole. Um, I think it's it's pretty fair to say that that real estate and uh, and and stocks and bonds they're much closer to a top than than precious metals are right. I don't think it, silver and gold are anywhere near that. Um, other assets are overvalued, and and I think eventually people are going to realize that move into the asset, um, thus you know driving up the price, especially as other assets start to drop more and more. Um, yeah, I, I have told a story a couple times here. My my uh correspondent whatever you want to call them um that i that i talked to over at sd bullion of course i market for them a bit you know affiliate marketing you know he talked about back in february when the stock market kind of you know broke volatility spiked higher and we had a just a crazy period of time after you know up and up in the stock market and and subdued volatility um you know he said there's a 10-day period of time there where you know it was their best 10-day period of time in, in the history of the business in terms of, of precious metal sales now you know multiply that by you know what what if the stock market instead of dropping by 10 or 20 percent dropped by 40 percent you know demand might not even double it might quadruple it might go up tenfold um in such a situation because of of the fear because of people realizing the party's over right um and again that ties into monetary policy fiscal policy as well Uh, another one a similar one this is number three in my list um long term i'm talking retirement um, end of life type of uh, retirement end of life that makes retirement sound so depressing but but you know long term you know I'm, I'm in my 20s if I'm if I'm buying silver now for my 60s right or if you're in their 30s or 40s or even 50s uh, and saving long term in precious metals you know again compare it to your other choices just like with as an investment you're going to compare to stocks bonds fiat real estate even cryptos etc etc long term you know what are your options here you have social security we know that social security is about as doomed as as um well the dollar right social security very well could be here to stay but it's you know it's it's value to the citizens is only gonna 
it's directly tied to to the value of the dollar honestly um, you, you have 401ks and and, and IRAs and, and whatnot you know other investment um, assets that are directly tied to to the price of of assets like stocks like bonds real estate um, and then you have pensions and of course pensions we know are are I've documented this and I should make another video on it soon here um, pensions are are not in a good place right they're, they're a massive um, bubble underfunded basically like so many other quote-unquote liabilities um, they're underfunded right and and again they still have a heavy weighting in things like stocks and bonds things that they could lose a significant value on right and then you have things like precious metals right things that have been here to stay for for hundreds thousands of years um, you, you got to ask yourself you know if I have silver or gold right now and I'm not retiring for another 20 years um, why not hang on to it? Why not buy more? Because, you know, along the way, it's likely going to go up in value. And who knows, you might have a chance to sell it at a pretty nifty price. Maybe not. Yeah, I know some people are going to say, I'm never selling it until I need to, you know, late, late in life. But maybe you can sell it. You're, you're 40 now. Maybe you can sell it at 55, right? And buy some undervalued stocks. Under Maybe not all of it. Maybe not sell all of it, but buy some undervalued stocks or real estate or whatever, you know, um, just the other options when you compare it to other retirement options. Again, it looks attractive at its current low price. And, and it makes me believe that, you know, when this pension bubble pops, when Social Security becomes less and less of a sure thing, people are going to move into things that are more of a sure thing, silver and gold. Um, and, and the final one that I want to talk about here. I don't know how many people have you initially gotten interested in silver and gold for this reason. But supply and demand... You know, and, and this really, you know, a lot of times I talk about this for silver, it goes for gold as well. You know, I think gold is, there's a lot of it in the world, you know, a lot more than people realize. I, I talk about in some of my past videos, how rare is silver, particularly silver coins and bars, investable or identifiable silver bullion compared to gold. You know, it could be as low as one to one ratio, even though gold is, you know, they're, they're that the valuation right now is something like an 80 to 1 ratio. Um, it could be maybe closer to like 2 to 1, but still 3 to 1 even, you know, 5 to 1. Looking at the current price doesn't make sense, right? Especially when you consider the industrial um, uses for silver and all of that. Um, but but I think, uh, you know, it still goes for gold that, that they're, um, they're running out of, of gold to mine. Right. I, I think going forward, it's going to become more and more difficult to mine, especially at current prices, you know, higher prices. Sure. There's going to be enough silver and gold for the rest of our lives. I believe in the ground for people to mine. It's just at what cost. And, and if it's more expensive to mine, then the price is going to go up. Right. Um, especially considering that I think a lot of, in, you know, I've been told that a lot of industrial uses for silver, you know, it's not easily replaced at a cost effective, uh, in a cost effective way. Um, so, I mean, but, but other, you know, beyond just that, I, I've talked about, you know, the, the ongoing physical deficits in the silver market, right? I've talked about, you know, what happens when we have another recession and we have this, this confluence of these events where you have um, mining production potentially dropping. It's already dropping, okay, but you have it further drop because uh, these these uh, secondary or, or byproduct miners of silver, like uh, zinc mines, lead mines, copper mines, those uh, decrease their their base metal production because well we're in a recession, there's less demand for those things, and thus you're going to have decreased um, production of of 
silver. And then you have increased, you know, even if you have a decrease in industrial demand, an increase in uh, investment demand. Because again, for all these reasons that I just listed, because other vast assets are undervalued or overvalued, because um, the, the the currencies, you know, so many different currencies are slowly falling apart, because you know other ways of of saving for retirement or long term are by no means a sure thing. Um, you you have a huge influx in demand, just like you did back in you know two thousand seven, two thousand eight, going forward. You know, after the Great Recession, you saw a lot of people get into precious metals. Because they weren't sure about the future prospects of the dollar, of stocks, real estate, et cetera, et cetera. Same thing this time around, except, you know, the supply demand, I think, is going to be even more bullish as, you know, these miners are continuing to be, um, you know, I think really you know, disrespected, really um, uh, gutted out, I think, thinned out by, by these continuing low prices. I'm talking about the primary silver miners. You know, I think the supply and demand will continue to be bullish. All it takes really, honestly, for this whole discussion of when will silver top $20 for the last time and, and stay above $20, it's really just other investors. You know, when are they going to realize, you know, us, you know, smaller investors like us as a whole, we can move markets, right? The demand just hasn't been there as of late. But but what happens when people like a Warren Buffett or or, or even Apple, you know, if, if Apple were were to realize, you know, silver's undervalued right now. We use a ton of it. Why not buy up, I don't know, 100 million ounces over a short period of time? Because we know we're going to use it. It's cheap right now when we have a huge pile of cash. Or, you know, what about a, a you know, somebody talked about all it takes to move the markets is if somebody won the lottery and put into silver. But they're right. It doesn't have to be a lotto winner. It can be a billionaire investing, you know, just a billion into silver, physical silver and asking for delivery, right? Another hunt brother, right? Or, you know, what, what I've heard and probably described um, as, as the modern day hunt brothers, people like us, right? Investors like us, not buying millions of ounces, but dozens, hundreds, thousands. But the difference is that there's, there's, hundreds of thousands of us potentially buying this silver. Um, people in India, right? Uh, emerging markets like China, India, buying silver and gold because they, they um, their own currencies are, are, are slowly being destroyed, much like the dollar. Um, that's what it's going to take, right? Invest A change in investor sentiment. Right now, though, investor sentiment is depressed. Is that a bad thing? I don't think so. Look what it's done to the price. It's given a lot of us, I think, an extended it's given us another chance to buy more at a cheap, cheap price because, you know, I don't think that these low prices are here to stay. There are so many reasons to believe that they're going to be heading much, much higher, if nothing else, just because of the destruction of so many different fiat currencies, including the US dollar. So I'd love to hear your thoughts in this video down below in the comment section. As always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video and God bless.